this fucking Google, Julie. Why wouldn't a search be included? That's what makes us a great duo. Yes. One of us listens, one of us doesn't. Exactly. (laughs) Sometimes scary, but always fun. (laughs) Yeah, you're never sure if you should take your hands off and put them up in the air or hang on tight. Uh, Read my fucking headline, Bozo the Clown. I'm already a best-selling author. So aggressive on that opening. Welcome to Defeat the Chaos. I am Julie, and we do not have Corey again today, but we have guest guest co-host Cheryl Devon is back with us. We had so much fun last week. So as Corey continues to fight the good fight on the front line of his restaurant, Cheryl is going to be here. And honestly, she's filling in all month. I'm just going to spoil the surprise right now. I'm, I'm actually thinking about shaving my head bald and and coming every morning with a fish taco. Jesus, don't do that. <laughs> oh, that's so, no, don't do that. All right. So let me tell you a little bit about this show. Defeat the Chaos is about the highs and lows of being an entrepreneur. Whether you're looking for direction on how to be more successful, or if you're just looking for someone to share in this struggle, this is the show for you. Hop on the struggle bus with us because some of us are on it more than others. So I'm looking forward to our main topic today, which is the need to get uncomfortable if you want to expand your reach. And really, this is this is true for anything in life. So, I I mean, I can't speak for you, Cheryl, but I've personally been uncomfortable for about two and a half years now. How about you? Oh, my gosh. I you you pushed me to be uncomfortable. I mean, you single handedly made well. And for for reasons we talked about last week, too, you know, because I was terrified of you, but you make, you know, you've made me uncomfortable within my professional life, some of the personal baggage I've had, and all of it has resulted in, in growth, you know, both personally and professionally to get me to a better place. Yeah, it, listen, being, becoming an entrepreneur, running a business is no joke. It's just one oh my giant opportunity to constantly be, you know, uncomfortable because if you stay comfortable, then you're never going to, you're, you're, you're not, you're not going to be successful. But Hey, before we dive into that topic, which yes. I really want to get to, I need to rant. Oh, here we go. Should I, uh, should I put the bourbon in the coffee right now? Probably should. All right. Let me get that. And listen, I recognize straight out of the gate, this is probably not, this is a hot topic, but this is a controversial topic. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to say it. And, but I got, I have some strong opinions on it. So of course, course you know, we're going back to politics. Of course we are. Of course we are. Okay. Have you seen that, that, President Joe Biden issued an executive order granting Medicaid funds to allow for interstate interstate travel for abortions. Yes. Okay. Yes, I did see that. Here is where I am so unbelievably like just fucking angry at our at our government system. Right. There is. There literally is something in place that is called 
the Hyde Amendment that makes this fucking illegal, right? Yes. Yeah, I know. Okay, so if the Hyde would, and for those of you who don't know, the Hyde Amendment is a legislative provision barring the use of federal funds to pay for abortion, except here's the exception: save the life of a woman if pregnancy arises from incest or rape. That's it. Those are the only provisions for the Hyde Amendment. And now our president issues an executive order that says you can use Medicaid for an abortion to travel to. And it's not just paying for travel. It's paying for the abortion. How many executive orders has he actually penned in the past, what, 18 plus months now? I mean, I can't even keep count. Far too many, but he keeps using the executive order as an end around the fucking laws. Why? We have a three-tier system in place for a reason. Last I checked, I didn't vote for his pen. I didn't. No. I Things need to be put through Congress the way they're meant to be. And this, for whatever reason, our, our government just doesn't... <laughs> Apparently, there are no rules and there are no laws, literally no laws anymore. Right. So then what happens next is he issues this executive order. Now it goes to court like somebody immediately will file an injunction on this. Right. Right. Go to court over it. So there's taxpayer money. Like right now, Cheryl, you and I are officially paying for abortions for people. Taxpayers are paying for abortions. That is why the Hyde Amendment was put into place. But. It goes so much deeper than that. Like, I okay, look, I said it last week. I'll say it again. Pro-choice, do what you want. I don't care. I don't, I truly don't care. I have, I know what I would do. I don't care what you do, right? Your body, your choice. Don't tell me to get a vaccine. I won't tell you to to have a baby, okay? Deal? Right, right, Deal. right. Well, all of these big companies, right? Like JP Morgan Chase, Slack, Tesla, Amazon, huge, huge corporations paying thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to employees so they can go get abortions. Hey, we'll pay for your travel and the abortion and your time off. Why do employees not recognize that that is the cheaper route for fucking companies to take. It's not because they care about your bodily on your body on bodily autonomy. Is that right? Bodily autonomy. Yes. Yeah. They don't give a yes. shit about that. What they care about is their bottom line and you come back to work faster. That's that's really all it is. I, you're 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 a, a number in their their payroll. Yes. You know? Yeah. It's, it's not like, oh, my God, Tesla cares about me as a human. No, no, they don't. No, <laughs> no, they don't. They're big companies. I got news for you people. They don't care. Although I do believe Amazon may care about me as a customer by the sheer amount of volume I place. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. And I think they might. I think Amazon. Yes. Yes, that's very possible. But, you know, I, I, it's just so maddening that we just continue like and it's not even like it's it's not even an above the line issue for most people like no really like are you are you gonna make a voting decision on where somebody stands on abortion the saddest part is that there are quite a few people that i know that actually that's their thing they have to they have to vote for the one person that is 
all about the abortion. And it doesn't matter if they're going to set the world on fire. It doesn't matter if, you know, they're going to start training us to speak a foreign language when ultimately that's who takes over. It, it, it does nothing, nothing matters. There are so many, I call, you know, the sheeple that have one thing that they have to rally around. And for many of them, it's, it's this topic. It's, it's abortion. It's sad. Liberals vote with their hearts. Conservatives vote with their wallets. Well, there is that. I mean, what is it? Churchill? I think it was Churchill that said, if you're not a liberal in your 20s, you have no heart. If you're not a conservative by 40, you have no soul. And that it, it just comes from it's true. life experience. I mean, ideology, you know, ideologically, I would love to, you know, be able to, well, okay, no, I don't really want to hold somebody's hand and sing Kumbaya. I don't. I that's don't. not, I'm not, I'm not There's a like fish hand or sweaty palms. Like, yeah. I, you know, I can get, a, I, I would sing show tunes and wave at people, <laughs> but kumbaya and touching, touching somebody else's hand. No, but I get, I get the whole ideological, you know, I want, I want there to be unity. I want there to be peace. I want it to be fair and equitable for everyone. Unfortunately, not everyone in the world actually thinks like that. And and we try to Americanize so many different cultures and philosophies that it, that just don't exist in the world. And so by 40, you know, that, that gray area, it just, my husband, Chris, and I were talking about this, that as you get older, everything becomes more of a shade of gray. It's not black and white anymore. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it, you, you can't, you can't live your life ideologically like that because not everybody follows your ideology globally. Does that make sense? It's very early for me and I'm still drinking coffee. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you, don't ever use the sentence, does that make sense? Again. Oh, sense doesn't. Yeah, there's no sense that comes into play with this. None. none. It is. um, No, what you are saying tracks with me very well. I think but that I also think is the difference between, you know, somebody who's experienced life or intentionally put themselves into hard situations or done difficult things is that you are more likely to, you don't, you stop expecting everyone else to have your views. You stop expecting everyone else to see the world the way that you see it. I don't expect anyone to see the world that I see it. I'm thrilled when I find people who do, Right. Oh, it's a gift. It's a gift yes. when you find those people. Or but even yeah. people who they may not see the world the same as me, but they're okay with the way I see it. We can have conversations about it, right? Because yeah. even that is hard to find nowadays. Absolutely. I, nobody, nobody wants to have those difficult conversations. And I think that ties beautifully into what we're going to be talking about here today. Yes. Yes. A long, long time ago, a friend of mine said to me, there are right, there's a right way to do difficult things, right? Like, okay. And taking the easy way out is not the right way, right? There's a right way to have difficult conversations. There's a right way to end a relationship. There's a right way to treat people. 
But most people get stuck in the what will be easiest for me and then somehow convince themselves that that would also be easiest for everyone else involved. It comes down to it's not a pursuit of happiness. It's it's the running away from fear. It's yeah. the pursuit of comfort. And it's it's a very selfish, a very selfish way to live. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked, we touched on this a little bit last week where we talked about, you know, the, you, you like being, you know, happy, you've, you have to put yourself out there. You have to do, do, right. You can't just, you can't live in fear. And I think this topic of, you know, getting uncomfortable to expand your reach and expand your reach sort of sounds like you're trying to be like an internet influencer, right? Like a social media influencer. And that's not at all what we mean by that. No, no, it's just to, to expand your, your personal horizons, your professional horizons, you as a person, how you, you see things, how you interact, it, it, how you progress all the way around it. It isn't so much about, you know, how many how many followers you have or how many people are on your your email list you know it, it's nothing like that it well i was you know i was reading this article from forbes from a few years ago julie mm-hmm. and it actually talks about there was there was scientific study done on being uncomfortable and how there are parts of your brain that do not fire ever or develop unless you put yourself into areas of discomfort. You have to have discomfort and and periods of being uncomfortable in order for your brain to fire and develop, or it just shrivels up and dies. And I think that's what happens to a lot of people as they get older and they retire and they they stop doing things, they stop challenging themselves. Actually, I, I'm seeing it a lot with with people just in general. The the social media uh, movement has has put people into a complacency where they're not having those uncomfortable conversations. They're not putting themselves in a place of discomfort. Oh, I don't like this. I'll just block you. And I think it's stunting developmental growth in your brain. Because, I mean, there's science that backs this up that there are, there are areas of your brain that do not fire until you put yourself in an uncomfortable situation. I, I, I did not know that. Um, that makes sense though. I So my instinct, whenever something new or something that's going to put me out of my comfort zone comes along, my instinct is always to say no. Mm, no, thank you. <laughs> right? Oh, but, fight or flight, yeah. Yeah, but I have trained myself to know when my gut instinct is no, I need to say yes. Need to say, yeah, I'll try that. Right. I get, you know, I get anxiety with new things. And I, so having to, I get, like, I always want a last minute cancel. Um, I just really, I mean, if I could just live alone in my house forever, I would probably be very, very happy. I would think I would make a delightful hermit. Except that you wouldn't live very long because that part of your brain would just shrivel yeah. up and die. It right. would die. And that's that's what happens to, to people that have been, you know, in, in high pressure positions forever when they retire. 
they think, oh, I'm just going to golf or fish for the rest of my life. Two weeks later, they're dead from a heart attack. The body just shuts down. You have to have something to challenge you, to make you uncomfortable, to make you feel um, that that self, you know, that self-doubt maybe sometimes that you have to grow through. That may be what the secret to life, we may have just that, that lifelong question, what is the secret to life? Julie, we may have just answered it. You have to be uncomfortable. I love it. I can tell you with 100% certainty, had I not done 75 hard in the fall and winter of 2019, there is no way that Corey and I would have started a business or a podcast. No way. And ultimately led to this radio show because I had, you know, put myself in uncomfortable situations. It was really challenging for, that was the first time I'd ever done 75 hard and Mm -hmm. really like am focused on building my mental toughness. Right. And then coming out of that, like I felt unstoppable. And so, but what I realized is it's, you got to keep going with it. And, you know, the, the interesting, you know, dichotomy of being an entrepreneur is you're challenging yourself. You're putting yourself out there a lot if you're trying to grow and you're doing new things, but the failures can sometimes hit really hard. And then you feel like, you know, you, you start to pull back because you're like, well, maybe I'm not, I'm not cut out for this, or this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. And so the, you know, you're, you're putting yourself out there doing these hard and challenging things. You're getting uncomfortable. And when you fail, you have to have the resiliency to keep moving or you're really going to kind of screw the pooch. The, the resiliency comes from the failures. It comes from being really terrible to begin with. Oh, I know. It's it's just a it's a matter of just chalking it up. Look at it. It's like if you're if you're that crab in the bottle bottom of the the pail, the bucket. Mm-hmm. You have to keep crawling up on the other on the other crabs and all the all the shit that they leave behind to get out of that bucket. You'll get there. Just keep climbing. Yeah. Climb on top of it. Yeah, you just have to keep, keep climbing and your the resiliency. That's, that's the thing. Like you can't, resiliency has to be earned. It has to be built. And the only way to build it is by failing and bouncing back from it. Right. So all of the things that you need to be a really good entrepreneur are built from the foundation of failure. It's, it's like building on the ruins of ancient Rome. Think of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. It is a, um, but that requires, so going into it though, you have to have, either you've got to be really prepared for that. You have to have a strong support system to help you get through. That's why a network is so important as an entrepreneur. But I think you have to have some foundation of grittiness or, you know, mental toughness to do it, to get in there. Yeah. And there's a lot of different ways to approach it, whether it's 75 hard, whether it's like the MR340 that I just finished up, you you learn, you learn different ways to deal with failures and challenges that come up in your life, in business and personally. Yeah, you do. All right. We got to go to break. But when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation. We'll see you on the other side.
Hey everybody, it's Corey and Julie from Defeat the Chaos. Our show on the Voice America Business Channel is for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and winners. If you're a loser, scram. Yeah, scram losers. Defeat the Chaos hits on the struggles of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. We celebrate the wins and we dissect the losses. And unlike most boring business shows, we aren't that. We like to have fun. We have informative guests on. We talk about current events that affect small businesses. And there's plenty of gambling talk because risk and owning a small business go hand in hand. Oh, and we record live so there's no editing or production if we screw up, which we do. So join us every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel or catch the replays whenever you have time. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. All right, welcome back to the show. We've got Cheryl Devon as the guest co-host. I should say I've got, because it's just me. Well, me and producer Matt. And uh, Cheryl is joining us all month long. So buckle up, motherfuckers. Buckle it's going to be a shit show. <laughs> Let's just be honest about it. It will yeah. be. Yeah, all right. You want So now I've, I've got, I'm going to do my next rant, right? Okay, I'm ready. So you want me to start one. pouring? Yeah, I All only right, here we one go. on the front end. So I'm going to do, I got another one here. I am so dis, again, we're going back to the government, Cheryl. It's all right. I'm, I'm all for con- government conspiracy. I'm good with this. I am so distrustful of the government that I do not believe for a second that China was ever considering shooting down Nancy Pelosi's plane. First off, oh no, why would they shoot down one of their own assets? Because let's be real. She's she an is. <laughs> but I mean, don't you feel like the whole thing was just like it's, it's propaganda? The, you know that it's it's a propaganda. It's a diversion. I'm like, what are we supposed to be paying attention to right now that these guys want us to not be looking at? And honestly, it's just this. <laughs> this well, is, the World Trade Organization just had their meeting, you know, and they strengthened their ties with China. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, that, that's because you were busy looking at Nancy. I, uh, first off, was she the best thing we had to send there? Um, when she got up and looked at herself in the mirror, she certainly thought so. She's expendable. <laughs> you no, know, she's she's what third in command. Yeah, she's expendable. She can she can go. She's third in command. I guess she's, she's like Commander than, Data in Star Trek. You know? I guess she's better than the second in command. I well, see her wearing a blue suit. Let's see. Let me use the middle word in my predictive text today. What will I say? Chinese Peking duck is Amazon's favorite send out for keto. There you go. Done. <laughs> I could be the VP right now. <laughs> 
Oh my god! And I'm back on a watch list. Let's just be honest. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know that you ever left the watch list. Probably. I just keep waiting for you know them to show up on my ring doorbell. I really do. But why? I just like the whole thing is so bizarre to me, right? Like so. I, like clearly, like I don't know why we keep proclaiming that we are backing Taiwan. We're not. No, we're not. We, unless we, unless we are now run by the Chinese government, then we are. Oh, perhaps you know. I, you, yeah, you got you to think about that. So, I yeah, I don't know. I, I that's a that is a very very good point. Hey, how did the uh, how did the midterm or how did the uh, primary go in your state? I didn't hear any results. Did great? I don't know. Win? I didn't. I didn't look. Um, I can find out. Hold on. I'll. I have. I have a device that'll let me know because I did not stay. I, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, I'm trying to pack for a trip up to Sturgis, and I was up until late, and I'm still not packed. So I don't know. Hold on. I'll find out. Did you vote? Please tell me you voted. Oh hell yes, I did. Okay. And my youngest did. I make darn sure. I don't know about my oldest. I have no ties on my oldest. Although, yeah, she should. I don't, she probably didn't. She tends to run liberal. I failed as a parent. At least half of my parenting, I failed. Well, that's her age, though, more than anything. Plus, she went it is. But my youngest, college, right? The she they indoctrin indoctrin. They they did they did. And I've had I've had my youngest under my wing. So I guess people would say maybe I've indoctrinated her, but she tries, my youngest <laughs> tries to run liberal. And then I ask her specific questions um, about the things that she allegedly believes and she can't answer them. And then we sit and we look it up together and she comes, she sees what it actually is. And then she gets really mad at me and goes, I didn't want to know that. And I'm like, but you have to know that that's the problem. That's the problem with some of these people is they want to keep their head in the sand and they don't want to take a look at the specifics. So they're they're voting with their feelings rather than on facts. Sure. There's that great speech. And I know it's going to sound really ridiculous, but have you ever seen that movie, um, The American President with Annette Benning And uh, yeah, yeah. And his um, speech where he says, yeah. you know, citizenship is hard work. Right. Like being an American, yeah. you have to you you want to stand for the flag, but you also have to like support the person who wants to burn the flag. Right. Like you have to be able to see both sides of it and you have to like really like understand that that's part of being an American is being able to have your own views and beliefs on things. But you have mm -hmm. to hold space for people who have the opposing views. Right. And recognize maybe maybe what I'm thinking or maybe my way is not the right way. It's one way. Well, but not the only way. The beauty comes in that disparity when you start having civilized adult conversations backed with with you know factual anecdote and and not just getting your feelings in the way because it's the space in between that disparity mm -hmm. is where things improve. You find some commonalities and then you both find areas where you can improve upon your position and make an even better thing than what, you know, I've got a great idea. You've got a great idea. We both think we have the best idea, but it's it's that gray space, that disparity in the middle 
is where we actually come to the great thing and move up, if that makes sense. Yeah, I just said it again. I did. I'm going to stop myself. I'm never going to ask if that makes sense because well, it does, at least here, in my head. It, it it does make, here's, you know why I hate that saying? I, I have, I'm actually right now working with a project leader who likes to pontificate and he treats everybody as if they are just like, you know, very, very low IQ, can't understand. And everything he says when he finishes, he says, does that make sense? See, for me, I'm just the opposite. I'm like, I'm I'm blonde and, and a little bit on the crazy side. And I'm mm-hmm. making certain that it's my my thought process is actually based in reality. So, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, I just Eric think- Schmidt, by the way, Eric Schmidt, not Eric Greitens. Eric mm-hmm. Schmidt took it. Really so. wanted Greitens yeah. to win. Um so let's talk a little bit about that, the the space and the disparity, because not only in politics is that true, but I think that is also where a business grows, right? That's where a business becomes better. And that's where you make the improvements because you can look at, hey, here's how we're doing it today. What about this could be improved or what isn't working? And so often in businesses, we create a process or a system to do something. And then we think, oh, okay, that's complete. Let me move on to the next thing. And, you know, 12 months, 18, 24 months later, we're still doing it the exact same way. But processes are meant to be continuously looked at and improved in order to improve upon your business, right? But taking something that is working and looking at it and figuring out how to improve it is not really a thing that most people are comfortable with. No, especially when we get taught, you know, hey, if it ain't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, don't try to reinvent the wheel, all of the various cliches that are used. And so we get ingrained into thinking, okay, it's it's working now. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. And then you get into that that complacency, that that routine, that comfort again, rather than pursuing something, something better. You pursue comfort. Comfort is, is the killer of all things is what I've just, that's my little epiphany now. Comfort is a killer. Yeah, I think it It is. is. I I think it is. Right. And, you know, we've all seen those, you know, social media posts about choose your heart, right? Like, you know, being poor is hard. Being rich is hard. Like, you know, being an employee is hard. Being an entrepreneur is hard, right? Like I would take the heart of being an entrepreneur seven days a week and twice on Sundays over being an Yes, ma'am. Like being an employee, (coughs) it fucking blows. You know, kudos to the people who can do it, but it's just, it's, it's not... That's a different kind of hard. That's like, what's the word I'm looking for, Cheryl? It's like self, like, it's like you're like literally like you hate yourself every day. Oh yeah. It's a self-esteem. It's low self-esteem all the way. And it's, it's, it's almost a, it's a, it's a type of, of masochism is, is what That's it is. Masochism. For, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if you needed an S and M reference, I'm your, your gal, I guess. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that, that's going to come back to haunt me. Yeah. So how, let's talk a little bit about how, you know, discomfort or getting uncomfortable and success are correlated, like how, how they relate to each other. 
because I think I, I don't think a lot of people realize that they're actually the same side of the coin. Right? People look at them and think, you know, success is comfortable. It's really not. No, it's a very uncomfortable. Absolutely, it is because you're you're struggling every day. I mean, you you get faced every day, just hit in the face with somebody's doing this better. You didn't do this one right. You could have landed that client if you had only done this. And you can internalize that and go, I suck as a human being. And then you fail. And I don't like the way this makes me feel. I'm just going to go back to my nine to five misery in a cubicle and be comfortable and let somebody else worry about this problems. But then you bitch and complain about your nine to five cubicle. You hate your life. You hate everything. And you're putting in 40 plus hours for someone who doesn't give a shit about you. You could die and they would find your replacement before the obituary was ever out. They'll pay for your abortion. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, yes. So Wednesday nights have team meeting, right? And last night, so, and Tuesdays and Thursdays, Biz Quick comes out, Biz Quicker, which by the way, today's episode of Biz Quicker um, is straight fucking fire, Cheryl. Straight last fire. week was fantastic. Too, or on so. Tuesday is my, my first solo episode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. today's is really good. Today's is called The Truth About Inconvenience. And it's- Which falls right in. It's really, really good. But on Tuesday, so our podcast drop at 7 a.m. at 7 a.m. Eastern time. And it was about nine o'clock. And I usually listen to it just to make sure that we've released the right episode, right? Plus, Francis is new to doing the scheduling. And so, but the whole time, every, every, since we started the podcast, Francis is fantastic. But ever, ever since we started, the podcast, I always listen to the show when it drops to make sure yeah, that, you yeah. know, you no know. glitches, nothing yes. going on. Right. So I go to listen to the show and it's, it, it's not there. It hasn't what? dropped and it's like 9am. So I text Francis and I'm like, Hey, um, I'm not sure what's going on. And first I think it's Apple and I'm in the process of scheduling and setting up the new, so I have a new podcast coming out, as you know, because you recorded the intro for me, but yes. um, Michelle Fuller and I, we should get Michelle Fuller on an episode with us. Oh, this could be crazy. Yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I'll see if I can line that up. Um, we, um, so we started a new podcast. We've recorded a couple of episodes. It's called Otherwise Undamaged. Yes. And I'm super stoked about it. So I've been like creating it in Apple and I've never done any of this stuff before. I called in Callie Keen, like, hey, can like, am I doing this correctly? And he's like, I don't use Libsyn. We use Libsyn. So then I found somebody who does use Libsyn and I was like, okay, I think we're good. I think we're good. But that was all on Monday. So on Tuesday, when the podcast didn't drop, I thought it was on Apple. I thought, oh, fuck, I fucked something up. Then I went and looked on Spotify. And if it would have been on Spotify, then I would have known I fucked something up. Right. Right, and but it wasn't on Spotify. It wasn't on Spotify. So I sent Francis a text. And I said, hey, I'm not sure what happened, but the podcast didn't drop today. Can you can you check it out for me? And thinking that, drinking? thinking that I had broke something. No, then she immediately <laughs> was like, oh, shit, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. She's like, I was in there. I must have got distracted. I forgot to hit save when I scheduled it. It's really now. And I was like, okay, okay. cool, thanks. I'm like, yeah, thank you. Oh, so amazing. All good. <laughs> Last night she tells me my heart drops when I get 
a text message from you. And I was like, See, she's afraid of you too. And I, go, I am not alone. <laughs> I was like, seriously. And she's like, yeah. Cause I always think that I've like messed something up. And I'm like, I tell you all the time, we're not curing cancer. And the reason it came up was because we have another team member and, um, Liz and when Stacy wants to when Liz makes a mistake Stacy's like I don't ever text her and say it because I don't want to she's like I just kind of hold on to it and wait until I'm going to have a conversation with her and I was like oh god I'm like I text Francis no, immediately no and you gotta you can't do that I mean you can't just sit around and wait because otherwise the the mistakes continue to compound and and it and through no fault of her own she just doesn't know right so I'm like I, I and I'm and I I have enough of a relationship bank account built up with Francis and Stacy and also they know don't don't infer tone like oh, in my text if I'm mad I'll literally start a text with I'm really pissed off right like right. otherwise I'm just like hey take decisive action here let's f- fix this but Francis was like yeah I know it, it just I get uncomfortable because I know it generally a text means that something has gone wrong and I was like okay. I was like, well, I'm really sorry about that. And I kind of laugh, but I think to myself, that whole like chain, I'm sending her texts like, hey, yeah. something has gone wrong. Yeah. Here's an it, opportunity. Yeah. Like, let's go fix it. And and I'm always like, look, I know, like I make mistakes all the time. And I need and somebody's got to check me. And they do. They'll be like, hey, you forgot to do this or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. Great. Thanks. But it was so funny because she's like, I get nervous. So this morning, like it's Pavlovian. Yeah. <laughs> you've you've trained her that a text means I need that something needs to be corrected. I'm going to start like, you know, the, her the bell is dinner. You know, I'm going to start texting her randomly to tell her how amazing she is. Send her. I'll take her number. I'll send her random texts. She'll I, just yeah, that probably is her. not just, wise, is it? She just did the promo for um, otherwise undamaged last night, like the first yeah. promo clip that we're going to send out to yeah. the launch of the podcast. I. There is a part where I like, it's the part where you say the line of um, some days they can barely keep it together themselves. You know, some days they barely can be an adult. Yeah. Yes. Pretty much. That line where she has that with the video that's playing. I like literally lost my breath laughing last night. I am so looking forward to this podcast. When you, when you gave me the privilege of voicing the intro for it and putting that together, I'm listening, I'm looking at the copy and listening and just. I'm laughing. I can't wait. So yeah. 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 This will be good. It's good stuff. All right. Let's go. Let's take our final break and we will be back and we'll find some fun topics to to cover. Hey, everybody, it's Corey and Julie from Defeat the Chaos. Our show on the Voice America Business Channel is for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and winners. If you're a loser, scram. Yeah, scram losers. Defeat the Chaos hits on the struggles of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. We celebrate the wins and we dissect the losses. And unlike most boring business shows, we aren't that. We like to have fun. We have informative guests on. We talk about current events that affect small businesses. And there's plenty of gambling talk because risk and owning a small business go hand in hand. Oh, and we record live, so there's no editing or production if we screw up, which we do. So join us every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel or catch the replays whenever you have time. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 
Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. All right, welcome back to Defeat the Chaos. You've got Julie and guest co-host Cheryl Devon. We've had quite a wild ride this morning. We have covered abortion. We have covered the Hyde Amendment. We've talked about the Constitution a little bit. We've talked about what it means to be an American. We have talked about Nancy Pelosi going to Taiwan and how that's all just a ruse to distract us from something else going on. And we've managed to talk actually a good amount about business. About get- our topic. Yeah, about getting uncomfortable. Yeah. And and I've managed to uh, learn a couple of things, uh, a couple of words in Chinese and poor bourbon at the same time. Uh, there was a ring at the doorbell. I was a little concerned that it was uh, the men in black coming to take me away after some of the things that I may or may not have said allegedly on this show. But uh, no one's there right now. So I figure they'll abduct me as I'm trying to pull out of my driveway. That would be amazing. Well, for everyone else, find (laughs) me, find me if that happens. Just know I did not go willingly. I'm going to put that out there right now. And I may have just saved my own life. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point. You did not go willingly. Do you believe believe in aliens? Oh, hell yeah, Julie. I mean, I've, I've got a whole podcast coming out that's dedicated to to that sort of thing, you know, with cocktails and conspiracies coming out here in, in August. But yeah, yeah, I do. In fact, honestly, I think there, my husband, I think, works with them or is with one aliens? or is the alien. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I mean, my kids and I, we're, we talk about this, that they may be hybrids. I may be married, not not an illegal alien. We're talking like outer space alien. You've you've seen and heard Chris before. Anyone that's met Chris would would know that that may not be far off. But if not, he works with them. He travels to places that don't exist and does things that don't happen. And we've we've had this conversation for you know thirty years. Oh my gosh, I, it will be 30 years that I've been with. What happened to me? <laughs> That's weird. Um, but yeah, no, I do. I, I do believe in aliens. I mean, statistically, we cannot be alone. We can't. We just can't. And I don't think we're the smartest ones out there. Do you believe in ghosts? Yes. In fact, I've had to deal with some of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I go to a place all the time, a haunted winery. If, if you ever watch like the Travel Channel, sometimes they'll investigate Belvoir Winery with the Odd Fellows. That's in Liberty, Missouri. It is one of my favorite places in the world. I go frequently. Um, big shout out to Jesse, the owner. Great wines. And uh, that place, that place is a mess. That's one of the places where I've dealt with 
way too many things. And I also believe in Bigfoot. I do. I do. And, and Bigfoot re- should have a mullet. That reminds me of the, the TV show, The Newsroom. Bigfoot is real. It is. It is. I'll start sending you clips. You'll know. That's You'll so know. funny. Yeah, a lot of people obsess with Bigfoot. I definitely believe in ghosts. Um, and I, you know, I think what's really weird is that, well, this is, I don't know if this is weird or not. Maybe it's normal. Do you do this? You're one of the few people that I can, I know that I can ask this question. Right. So, you know, like, I know you grew up um, religious, like Catholic. Oh yeah. We were, well, yeah. Um, You go to Our Lady of the Prairie? Oh yeah. I mean, I was one of the the lecterns and I led the choir at Our Lady of the Prairie. And then on, you know, on other days, my dad, was was lutheran right so we'd go over and and listen to trinity. pastor boshi yeah oh. no not trinity no 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 okay pastor boshi okay yeah so um uh, the reason i ask is right so i you know i grew up catholic so when, right um father Hugh right. Linus. when you no i i actually went to saint oh saint, yeah um say is it saint Anne's? saint michael's saint michael's maybe no, yeah, something that. like I don't know. It was the it was the other Saint John's, Saint John's. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Okay. Oh, in the country. Yeah, one yeah, of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah Father the Joe. Saints. I had Father Joe. Um, so you had the nice one. We had Father Hugh Galinas who threatened. Well, Father Ronald is the one that you had to worry about. He I, literally he would gut you. Father Myra when he came in, he was cool. He wore a beret and roller skated a little intoxicated around town. It was all good though. Nice. Yeah. No, Father Joe was this sweet little Indian man. Father Joe Eracle or Eracle or something like that. And he was, he was, uh, but I, you know, whatever. But not my story. No, sorry. So, you know, like you, the whole, you grow up and you're, you pray to God or you pray to Jesus, right? Um, Yeah. Whatever you you believe in. Pray to a patron saint of something, but typically you're saying a prayer. You're, you're, you're raising one up for God or for Jesus. After my mom, I, I typically raise one up for Jesus. That's usually on the weekends. I like to pray to sweet baby Jesus, but a lot of people find in, that in the cradle. Yeah. Some people find that offensive. I don't know why. I feel like God, they don't like Will Ferrell. Uh, right. I think, I think Jesus and I think probably a sense of humor up there. You have to, you have to have a little bit of yeah, God Although has will, to have a sense of humor. I will always say this. I am a big fan of Old Testament God. I like, yes. I like him. Fire, brimstone, yes. a little vengeance, a little yes. justice. Bring. Yes, he bring was, it. He was he was angry. <laughs> and I was realized that it. the only reason that I liked playing a trumpet back when we were in uh, grade school all the way through high school is because I felt like maybe someday I'd channel Jericho, you know, what happened with Jericho and, and bring down walls. I would I would just like destroy buildings with my playing. And if you ever heard me, it probably could have happened. I really thought you were going to say because you got to stand next to Andy Fogarty, my first love. Uh, no, no, I didn't. He was he was further back. I always had to be next to Mike Gaffney. Oh, Fogarty. yeah. And we'll just um... leave it there. Anyway, let me yeah. go back to this. Let me go back to this because yes. I was going somewhere. All so right. you always pray to God, pray to Jesus whatever and this isn't a religious show for no 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 so don't don't worry i'm not advocating anything we're actually talking about ghosts but when i after my mom died i started praying to my mom oh yeah i talk to mom all the time well i talked to my mom but i'll be like hey 
mom, you know, like in mid prayer, I'll be like, can you, you know, what can, can you we- intercede? Yeah. What can you help me out here? Help me out here, mom. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I like, I feel like it's also, I think when you die, you get the answers to all of life's biggest mysteries. Like who killed Kennedy and did we really land on the moon? And like, I think you get the answers to all of the mysteries. I, I think you have access to it. Now you don't have, get access to all of the mysteries. I don't believe, but the stuff that, that you've lived through here on this particular plane. Now I have some really weird, crazy out there, you know, philosophies and ideas. I think, I think you get access to it. You get to see it. Um, and, and I do believe that, that there are ghosts, I guess we call them ghosts, but from purely a scientific viewpoint, we are composed of, of energy. Are we not? We are. Scientifically. Some of us better energy than others. Well, yeah, it depends on what kind of energy you get going on. Uh, I'm, I'm getting my liquid energy going right now. But when you, it, it is a scientific fact that you cannot destroy energy. You can change it. Yeah. But you can't destroy it. So when you pass, where does that energy go? And, and, and what does it change to? You know, it's, it's not just a, okay, you know, I, I understand that there's energy with, you know, decomposition or, or what have you. I get that. But the energy that, that brings us to any, any living creature to life, that energy has to go somewhere. It doesn't just disappear. It, it dissipates, maybe. It goes out into the ether. But I think there's got to be a way where that energy can kind of coalesce in a different way. Mm-hmm. And sometimes all of that energy kind of comes together and, and we see a little bit, they call it a veil, but I, I don't know that it's so much a veil as, as it just, it, it coalesces enough where things happen. But I think there is that energy. And I think there, in some cases, there is still an awareness going on. I mean, there's residual, but it, it can't just all disappear. That it's, it's just changed. See, this is why I asked, does that make sense? Because this is that, that whole thing. Am I really based in reality or am I just nuts? No, I, I agree. I think, you know, like after, after my mom passed away, she was, her energy was definitely still here. She's still present. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you know, when somebody shows up. Oh yeah. You just do. I mean, whether they're alive or, or not, you know, people's energy. Like if you walked into a room or I walked into a room, people would know, oh yeah, okay. They're here. Right. Um, yeah, you know it with with someone like your own mother, right? What's funny is I never tell you the story about after. So she had passed on November fifth, right, two thousand thirteen, and then my birthday is December first, and that first Thanksgiving and birthday I was in Vegas because my sister was living in Vegas. Oh yeah, time. right. And every like my you know my favorite siblings came out to stay, and some friends and uh, my nephew Hanson came, and we're in this like big like you know three bedroom suite at like yeah a hotel, I remember right? you were rubbing it in I know. And, uh, and I was, I'm asleep one night and I'm sharing a, a room with my nephew Hanson and I open my eyes and my, I swear a hand to God, my mom is standing there, right. Standing there. And I do know that like, after somebody dies, the first like 30 to 45 days, their energy is the strongest. Right. So yeah. my mom is standing there and I freak 
the fuck out. I literally like curled up like fetal position, pulled the covers over my head. I was afraid to move. Really? And, and the next morning I got up when I got up, I went out in the kitchen and Stacy, my sister-in-law and um, lunchbox family friend are, they're making breakfast they're making coffee and breakfast. And Stacy says, lunchbox, tell Julie what you saw last night. And I was like, what, what did you see? And uh, he goes, um, he's like, I woke up in the middle of the night and your mom was standing at the end of the sofa. He was sleeping. Oh, your mom was standing at the end of the sofa. And she said, just keep an eye on them for me. And he goes, that sounds like your mom. He goes, I freaked out. And I go, oh my God, I saw her too. And I, and then when I, when we told my sister, cause we went to my sister, my sister, my sister was mad at me that mom came to visit me and not her. (laughs) Of course she was. Of course she was. It was my birthday. And then she was like, why would you, why would you be scared? And I'm like, I don't you know. don't expect it. I, you know? I, I can't tell you why it was scared. And she's like, well, mom would be a friendly ghost. And I'm like, I'm sure she would, Carol. But I mean, for fuck's sake, like I was, you don't expect to see your mom after she's gone. Right. So it was just like, uh, and sadly, like, I've not seen her since. She's not visited me since. And I wish well, that's she because she already, you know, told somebody to keep an eye on you for her. That's true. They're they're probably she's probably getting re- reports. You know that. Oh, probably. But I. But you know, I know she's still here, and she's she's with me. But God, what yeah. a what a sad turn this. Took. I don't know what the hell happened here. You I know. Don't, yeah. All right. Well, listen. Let's give. Let's just one piece of one one way that you put yourself uncomfortable. We got a couple minutes here left before we close. So tell. Um. Let's 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 give some advice on the best way that we can uh, get uncomfortable. Start doing videos on social media if you have a business. Ooh, that's a really, really good one. I love being behind a microphone. That's apparent. I hate being on camera. And it makes me uncomfortable every time I do it. But it's good for you. I was, here's my piece of advice. Make cold calls. Even if you don't have a or or a product that should be sold using cold calls, cold calls will get you really good at rejection, really good at communicating, building relationships, and honestly- but be careful with it. And here's what I say with that, because people will take cold calls and think it's go into people's DMs, their inboxes. Oh, no, I'm talking- And then they pick, pick up slap the you. I am actually talking about pick up the phone and call people. Okay, good. I want to call clarify. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clarifying that. All right. Don't listen, slap. We're almost done here. Tell our listeners where they can find you. You can find me at uh, all over social media by looking for Speaking with Cher or Cheryl Devon. Uh, check me out, uh, Cher, uh, com. I had to think about it for a second. And uh, you can you can email me, Cher, S-H-E-R, at speakingwithshare, S-H-E-R, dot com. Perfect. You can find me, everything you need to know at sbpace.com. Thanks for tuning in, listeners. We love you, and we'll see you next Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Business Channel. 